Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, YA is sponsored by Book Riot Insiders. Bag your bookish perks with a 14-day free trial of Book Riot Insiders. Sign up for a monthly or yearly novel subscription and the first 14 days are free. Wishlist upcoming releases you're dying to read. Get exclusive podcasts and newsletters. Enter to win swag. New release index is curated by All the Books host Liberty Hardy, and it'll help you keep track of the most exciting upcoming books. Come on in. Your bag of bookish perks is waiting to go. Go to bookriot.com insiders to find out more. Welcome to Hey YA, from great new books to favorite classic reads, from news stories to the latest in on-screen adaptations, Hey YA is here to elevate the exciting world of young adult lit. Hey YA is a book right podcast hosted by me, Kelly Jensen, alongside Eric Smith. We are recording on Friday, November 2nd, 2018, and Eric, I get to go on vacation next Hooray! week. Hooray! Yeah, that's, so we're recording a week earlier than we normally would, so um, yes. people listening to this are going to think... Time travel. Yes. There's like weird time travel stuff going on here, but <laughs> you know, it's like by the time that listeners are tuning in, I'll be back at work after having been gone for a week. Oh my god. It's goodness. so cool. It's so cool how that works, right? I hope you have lots of fun. When you go on vacation, do you like take a vacation from reading? Well, so I'm not actually going anywhere. Oh, okay. Um <laughs> I, I'm having a vacation at home and I'm actually doing the opposite. So like I went on a vacation earlier this fall where I basically didn't read at all because reading is, is sometimes work, mm-hmm. right? So uh, this time I actually just like I, – I've got a stack of books that I'm hoping to get through. Um, some that I might talk about and the rest are just like purely books that I want to catch up on. Mm-hmm. Like I've got this um, – this adult nonfiction book on like taking care of house plants that has been like sitting on my shelf for forever. And like now seems like the time to, to actually read it because like, I don't need to talk about it to anybody. I don't need to write about it, but like my poor house plants, you know, like (laughs) they deserve my knowledge of how to best take care of them. So I have air plants and I feel like they're supposed to be unkillable, but they're hard. I found a way. Oh, okay. (laughs) Air plants and succulents, which people always say are, like, impossible to kill, I find the easiest to kill. Do you know there's a succulent subscription box? I keep getting... What? Yeah, I keep getting ads for it. And it's like, oh, great. They can deliver two things for me to kill every month. (laughs) (laughs) I, I wonder, though, like... I guess that that's a pretty smart model if people like you are the subscribers <laughs> because that means that you're never going to unsubscribe because maybe the next month is a month that you will successfully keep the two alive. Yes. And then, you know, right before the box renews, you realize they're not going to make it, so you need two new ones to replace them. <laughs> but uh, this is a nice segue, I guess. Uh <laughs> 
air plant succulents. I just finished uh, Neil and Jared Schusterman's Dry this week, which came out earlier in October. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's terrifying because it's about what happens when um, water in a very, very populated part of the U.S., Southern California, uh, just disappears. Uh, It leads to chaos, as you would imagine. Uh, And it was super frightening to read, especially given... um, the recent climate reports and thinking about just like how bad climate change and global warming are. And then reading this book and thinking about all of the ways that the water just disappearing impacts not just people, but you think about like, how do you tell your dog you can't give the dog water because there's not water for the dog to have? How do you tell your plants you can't water them because you have no water to give them? My plants just know it's not going to happen. They, But uh, it's a it's a standalone climate fiction title, and um, there's for the most part, like I love the idea. I thought the ending was a little too. Um, oh, what's the word I want? It's not expected, but it felt a little too tidy mm-hmm. for me at the end. Um, but yeah, I I feel like it was it was a timely read, and also one that just like was so spot on with some of the things I've been thinking about and reading about that I was just like, oh, this is too real to be like a near future book. Yeah, yeah. I've got a copy of that. I bought it when it came out um, because like, I don't know, end of the world books like that, all about them and Not a Drop to Drink is one of my favorite whys ever. So yeah, I need to, uh, goodness, I need to, I need to dig into that. Mm-hmm. What have you been up to? What have you been reading? Man, you know, it's so funny. I, uh, <laughs> I was thinking about this this morning. I was like, you know what? I'm not even going to plot and plan what I'm going to say today. I'm just going to wing my my shtick on the podcast today. And then oh, I, was, no. I was like literally walking around the apartment like, what What are some books? Like, what what, <laughs> what are books? Like, I had no idea what to talk about. Um, so, so yeah, I'm, I'm going off my notes here. But, yeah, uh, I read another middle grade book. Um, so I'm in the middle of uh, – Fran Wilde's Riverland, which it doesn't come out until, like, April, so this is really far away. Um, But I'm, like, halfway through it, and I'm really loving it. Uh, It's, like, this magical novel about two kids who are living in this house that has all this... I don't know, it's like this implied magic. Like, the main character keeps talking about how the house has magic, and how they have to keep it hidden, and how they hide under their bed and tell stories to one another, and that helps the magic grow. And it feels very, um, like... Okay, maybe this magic isn't real and this is just you getting through some things because, you know, you quickly learn that the parents are abusive and the household is not necessarily safe. Um, but then when the father breaks a, a bauble in the house that's been like this like cherished possession by the family, uh, magic actually engulfs the house and oh my god, it's Ooh. real and they're transported to where all these stories are taking place. And like, about halfway through it and it's just this really lush, magical, like heartbreaking read about... Uh, sisterhood and family, and it's not like anything I've I've scooped up recently. And I feel like Fran Wilde is one of these rare authors that their books, her books, cross over all over the place. Like her adult book Updraft, you know, it read like a YA novel. You know, it, in in the way that like Cat Howard's books read like YA books sometimes. Um, and I feel like this middle grade book, like I feel like teenagers and adults are going to pick this up. Um, in a really big way, the way like people have been picking up um, like Victoria Schwab's uh, middle grade mm-hmm. book. Um, 
So yeah, I feel like it's a it's a crossover middle grade YA book, which allows me to talk about it right now without getting into <laughs> any trouble. But uh, it, yeah, it sounds really good. It's really good. I'm gonna I'm gonna bug her to send you an arc because I I'm I'm really into it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man, I'm into it. Uh, I'm not like usually a fantasy person, but I love the whole idea um, of you as a reader start to believe that this is just their way of escaping and then suddenly like the rug is pulled out from under you as yeah, a reader. Yeah. Um, I love that idea. So uh, I guess we can talk about our first sponsor before we uh, dive into the meat and potatoes of the show. Let's do it. Um, our first sponsor is Roar and the Magnetic Collection at Lion Forge. Mila is a solitary teenager ready to put another boring summer vacation behind her until she meets Agnes, an adventurous girl who turns out to be a ghost. And not just a regular ghost, but one carrying around the essence of an ancient fallen king and a mouthful of teeth that used to be his guardian warriors. Three-time Eisner Award-nominated writer and artist Tony Sandoval presents a wondrous world of secret places and dreamlike magic in the everyday corners of our sleeping imagination. Find water snakes in stores April 20th from Roar and the Magnetic Collection at Lion Forge. That sounds really cool. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Speaking of magic, right? Yeah. Um. So our first topic, I'm going to go ahead and let you introduce this one while I figure out how to like repeat what I say every single time I think about it <laughs> in a way that is new and fresh and exciting. Yes. So uh, yeah, this week, um, and you'll be listening to this podcast. When are they going to listen to this? I don't know. All I know is this podcast is coming from far in the past when you were listening to it. Um, but this week while we are recording is when the uh, Goodreads Choice Awards were announced um, and their other... Uh, best of the year sort of books. And uh, yeah, I was really excited to see it. Uh, I love reading these lists every year. You get to see lots of um, uh, potentially great books you haven't quite heard of yet, um, as well as familiar ones that you're able to cheer and root for. If you head over to the best young adult fiction list, um, you'll see books by Becky Albertalli and Julie Murphy. Um, you'll see some exciting debuts by authors like Jay Coles. Um, and uh, Emily XR Pan, uh, Courtney Summer Sadie is on here, um, as well as a, uh, a book by one of my clients in my agent life, Samir Ahmed, which I'm very hyped about. <laughs> uh, and then when you hop over to the uh, young adult fantasy and sci-fi section, oh look at that! There's a there's a separate category for a different category of why I feel like you have some thoughts on this. Kelly, that we will get into in a minute. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of great books in here. Uh, the Bells, um, Sabata Here's uh, third book in her Ember in the Ashes series. Um, Dread Nation is in here, which makes me really happy. Uh, Sarah J. Moss's Not Quite YA book is in here. Uh, yeah. Oh, actually, wait. I think that is a YA one. Is that one of the Kingdom of... A I don't know. Whatever. I don't know either. Uh, and uh, yeah, lots of... Uh, Major sequels uh, in the mix, as well as some uh, exciting debut books like Children of Blood and Bone. Uh, yeah, it's a pretty good list. I'm, I'm pretty, pretty psyched uh, looking at this, this roundup here. Um, but Kelly, what do you think uh, about <laughs> these? What you, I know you have some thoughts. I um, I actually, I think that the, like, the selection of books that are on here are pretty good. Yeah. Um, I'm a little confused about the astonishing color of after being uh, under fiction instead of like fantasy sci-fi, but uh, I'll let it slide because it's such a good book, right? Oh yeah, no, that's a good point. Um, 
But my my criticism is the same one I have every single year, which is that there's not a category for nonfiction for young readers at all. Um, and for some reason, I I can't understand why the excuse. So I asked about this before. I asked them like why they don't have this category, and they said um, that they have to make choices. Was their response about like how they select their categories? Like okay. Uh-huh. How, what? You have to make choices. <laughs> I don't really understand that as like a a reasoning. Um, and and the thing is, like, there are so many categories for adult books uh, on the Goodreads Choice Awards, and then only two that recognize YA. And then there's one, I believe, for middle grade and one for uh, picture books, I think. Mm-hmm. But, like, why is there nothing about not – it could be one category of – nonfiction for young readers because a lot of the um like when you think of the young reader editions of nonfiction titles they tend to be in that like 10 to 14 range so i think that there's easy like a uh, way to include middle grade and ya in the same same category as like a catch-all nonfiction for young readers um yeah. and it's it's really unfortunate that they don't have that because um there's a lot of really great nonfiction out there that should be uh, talked about and highlighted. Uh, but here's here's where I think the thing is, and and it's just my thought on this, and it, and probably just my frustration with seeing this every single year. Um, I don't think that why young young reader nonfiction is as sexy as uh, fiction when it comes to YA. And when I say sexy, I mean. There aren't as many readers and there aren't as many people who are, uh, to use your word, hyped about it. And mm-hmm. um, there are fewer adults reading it because those books are actually written for teen readers. Um, so I don't know. Do you have any like any explanation, any reason you can think like why a whole giant category within why it would just not be included? No, not really. Um and, like, now that I have, like, YA and middle grade nonfiction in my agent life, I'm extra upset because I'm the worst kind of person because, oh, no, this affects me. Now now I'm finding reason to be <laughs> upset. Um, but, no, like, really, I can't imagine. I, I have no idea why. Um, it's uh, it's really silly. I, I And I feel like the we have to make choices reason is, uh, is not good. You know, that's like a – it's like when someone says, you know – why does this happen in your book? And someone says, because reasons, you yeah. know, like, that's yeah. not, that's not good world building. And that's not good. Uh, <laughs> that's not a good uh, explanation behind this, uh, this not being in there. And it's not like Goodreads doesn't have the digital space to do it. And mm-hmm. when you think about the fact that the vote counting is probably automated, like they probably have a whole database set up to do it. It's like, in terms of manpower, it probably is not that much work to have a category like that. Um, you know, if they could have all of these other categories, this seems like one that they could include pretty easily instead of not, quote, because reasons. Yeah. yeah I don't know. But Hopefully keep making some noise. Well, well, we'll see. I've made a lot of noise for many years. and <laughs> <laughs> Here we are again. But... But that leads me to bring up then we had another uh, best of list come out in uh, this week, I guess, end of last week, um, because it was October. And sorry, October is way too early for best of lists. Like it is 
I like looking at them, but I hate that they come out so early. Yeah. Um, for for many many reasons. Um, it's proof, I guess, that those lists are very limited in terms of like what titles are even going to be considered for the list because in in the case of Publishers Weekly best of um it's titles that have been reviewed by Publishers Weekly so your pool is already pretty small um and titles at the end of the year are less likely to have had their review in Publishers Weekly already unless it's a big buzzy title or um something that has gotten some acclaim elsewhere and thus you know sort of uh, rises up the reviewing like piles, yeah. uh, but that said, like that criticism aside, it's a pretty good list. Uh, it is. I have to say, like to bring it back to nonfiction, they have more than one nonfiction title on their uh, YA list, which apparently you know they can do, but Goodreads can't. <laughs> um, and the two on there, uh, "Hey Kiddo" by Jared Kruskoka, which is a fantastic graphic memoir about growing up with parents who uh, struggle with addiction issues and living with um, a a set of grandparents who um, he struggles to build relationships with because they're dealing with the challenges of having a child who um, isn't the child that they had hoped they had raised. Um, and then Boots on the Ground was the other one, and that's about the Vietnam War. I haven't been able to read that one yet, but I believe it was also longlisted on the National Book Award longlist. Um, so a couple of nonfiction titles there. And then um, the thing that really stood out to me on the Publishers Weekly list was how many comics are on the YA list. Mm-hmm. Um, so Hey Kiddo, which I'd mentioned, The Princess and the Dressmaker by Jen Wang was on the uh, list, and so was On a Sunbeam by Willie... Willie, I, I like read the name backwards. It's on a sunbeam by Tilly Walden. And um, I haven't read it yet, but I have read a lot of reviews of it and I can't wait to read it. It's a space theme comic. Um, I read Walden's first book, which was about her tenuous relationship to ice skating and her sexuality as a teen. And it was a memoir. Um, so I'm really eager to see what her fiction uh, comic looks like. So, uh, so yeah, you were talking about um, one, one of the, one of the titles that's in the PW list that uh, got me excited was the Boneless Mercies. Um, like I loved Wink Poppy Midnight. Uh, it was such a I don't know the structure was so unique and like it had these like, it was almost like told in like little vignettes and had this like literary YA field. Um, and I'm really mad that I haven't dug into this latest book yet because like it sounds amazing. Like what is I don't know. I don't know what's wrong with me. Um, <laughs> and then we were talking about um, other books on lists that made us realize we haven't checked them out yet. Um, you know, I was looking at the Goodreads list um, when it comes to the YA books, uh, and there were some books I hadn't even heard of on the list, like All the Little Lights by Jamie McGuire and Starry Eyes by Jen Bennett. Um, neither of them were on my radar at all this year, uh, but now they are uh, because... Okay, so listen to the, the premise of Starry Eyes, Kelly, because I feel like this is like a book for us. Um, ever since last year's Homecoming Dance, best friends turned best enemies, yes, Ooh, Zori yes. and Lennon, <laughs> have made an art of avoiding each other. It doesn't hurt that their families are modern-day California versions of Montague's and Capulets. Uh, but when a group camping trip goes south, 
Zori and Lennon find themselves stranded in the wilderness alone together. Ooh. Yes! Wilderness survival book. Yes, please. Uh, very excited to check that one out. Um, and then, you know, I was looking up Jane McGuire and, like, All the Little Lights, like, She's one of those authors that broke out in a really huge way when, like, New Adult had its, like, giant boom. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I'm excited to see uh, what this other book is all about. Um, I, yeah, and then... Oh, no, go ahead. Um, I had seen the cover for Starry Eyes, but never read the premise because the cover to me looked very much like a, a romance and not yeah. like a wilderness survival story. So like I didn't even give it more than that glance. And now that you read the description, uh, I need that now. Yeah. And like when I was reading the, you know, I was looking the map on Goodreads, like when I clicked on it, like I feel like my eyes went directly to the point where it was like wilderness, period, alone, period, <laughs> together, period. I was like, oh, <laughs> And friends to enemies is always yeah. good. Oh, Ooh. man. So, yeah, that one's on top of my list now. And then, um, let's see. So, I also really want to check out uh, Jay Kristoff's Lifelike, which was uh, on there, too. Um, I actually have a copy, and I didn't read the back of it yet. I just got it because that's what I do. <laughs> <laughs> um, it turns out it's about androids and robot gladiators, um, which made me really excited because it made me think of that Hugh Jackman real steel movie that no one saw, but is actually pretty good. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, a um, couple of books that now I have to read because they were nominated for these, uh, various lists. You know, what's interesting now that I'm looking at this, um, Becky Albertalli's Leah on the offbeat made the list, but, the book she did with Adam Silvera, What If It's Us, is not on the list. Oh, yeah. That is interesting. Um, and I guess it's interesting because, so I really liked Leah on the offbeat, but I read a lot <laughs> of, too. I, I read a lot of reviews where people were like, not so enthusiastic about, uh, about that one. Um, in part because Leah is, uh, how to say, she's not like the most likable character. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she's kind of like down about everything, which, I'm sorry, that's who I was in high school. And, yeah. like, I totally related to that and, and remembered, like, what that feeling was like. Um, but the reviews for What If It's Us were way more enthusiastic. So it's interesting to see that Leah on the Offbeat hit the Goodreads voting list and, and not the other one. But um, they do tend to, the, the list tend to shift quite a bit between the first round and then the second round. It's like the first round is based on reviews and based on like numbers. It's like some mathematical something, Mm -hmm. something. And then the second round is uh, votes in the first round along with write-in votes. So sometimes you see different things pop up. So it'll be interesting to see um, what stays, if any of these shift, if um, different books by the authors end up on there. Um, but yeah, that's where I was going with that little ramble. <laughs> nice. Let's see. So what else do we have to talk about? Ooh, we should talk about our second sponsor, which is uh, Easy Prey by Catherine Lowe uh, from Amulet Books and Peak Beyond. Uh, I actually have an arc of this, and I've been meaning to dig in. Um, so in... Hold on. I'm losing my Google Doc here. Okay. 
So, in Easy Prey by Catherine Lowe, only three students had access to a teacher's racy photos before they went viral. There's Mouse, a brainy overachiever so desperate to get into MIT that he would do almost anything, legal or not. There's Drew, the star athlete with a history of passing private photos around. And there's Jenna, the good girl turned rebel after her own pictures made the rounds last year. All three deny leaking the photos, but someone has to take the fall. With plenty of twists and turns and secrets, this fast-paced whodunit is perfect for fans of One of Us is Lying. Easy Prey confronts issues of privacy and the often unevenly distributed consequences when private photos are leaked. I am excited to read this one. I uh, I feel like I have stacks of these arcs and like review <laughs> copies, and uh, I, need, I just need to get to them. <laughs> I, hey, take a week vacation and make that your plan to like... That's true. Um, but I do have questions about this description. Um, how did those three students have access to a teacher's racy photos? I know. <laughs> I want to know how this happened. Like, I don't care who leaked them. I want to know how they got them. Yeah. Well, I guess you'll have to find out. Oh, I, I even felt the wink in you saying <laughs> that. <laughs> Ooh. Oh, man. Um, so... As a nice, like, segue into the next topic, there is no segue. Um, we're going to talk about funny books. And um, I've been thinking about it. I'm reading a funny book right now. I didn't talk about it at the top of the show because I wanted to save it until we were here. But uh, the older that I get, the more I appreciate hum- humor when it comes to, to writing. But um, maybe it's not even so much age-related as it is, like, being in constant uh, – being constantly aware how horrible the world is and like wanting nothing more than to laugh about it, um, to like laugh away that horror, uh, kind of like I love reading horror because I know there's an end to it coming. Mm -hmm. Um, so I've been thinking a lot about what it is that makes a book funny and what like works for me when it comes to humor in a book. And, um, I think funny books can be tricky because humor is really personal. Um, you think about something like satire, which uh, is a form of humor, but a lot of readers find it really challenging, uh, in part because you can't necessarily hear like the sarcasm or the tone in the book, which makes it hard sometimes to be like, oh, that's supposed to be funny and not just horrifying, or like it's meant to be horrifying and funny at the same time. Um, and then not all humor is meant to be, like, laugh-out-loud funny either. Um, mm-hmm. Some of it is just, like, lighthearted or um, over-the-top, and it's supposed to be, like, super cheesy. And uh, you just have to sit with, like, the fact that it's meant to be lighthearted. You know, it might not be, like, you're lying on the floor laughing, like, literally. Um, and then there's this kind of humor that I really like, uh, which is tricky to find in YA, but it's a really, really... Um, like quiet kind of humor. Um, it's, it's lighthearted. Um, maybe you crack a smile about it, but, um, it, it resonates with me because it's just sort of like, I guess I, it's how I see the world. Like I see all these like little funny things that like somebody's not going to laugh out loud about it. Cause it's not like that funny, but, um, mm-hmm. it just, I guess maybe the word is delightful. It's just delightful to read. Um, and yeah, so that's that's what I look for in a funny book. Like I love when I can laugh out loud, but I also like those books that are just um full of delight and light and just like a joy to them. Um that is nice to appreciate even if I'm not necessarily like 
you know, coughing and hurting my stomach because I'm laughing so hard. Yeah, you know, you were talking about satire and, like, I couldn't help but think of that, like, hot pterodactyl boyfriend. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, I feel like that's an example of maybe, like, it failing because mm-hmm. everyone hated that book and it didn't really go anywhere. Um, and I also want to see how many times I can get away with bringing up hot pterodactyl boyfriend <laughs> on this podcast. Um, but then you look at a book like All of This is True by Lydia Day Penaflor, um, which is about those like four teenagers who connect with like a YA author and the teenagers all love YA. And then the YA author writes, sort of writes their story. And like, like that feels like it's like a little bit of, you know, a little satirical when it comes to the YA community. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, you know, it gets kind of dark and thrillery, but that book is super fun. Um, so, yeah, no, I like what you're saying here. Um, and I feel like we have, like, our our mainstays of, like, the Hey YA podcast when it comes to funny writers we love. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like, Amy Spaulding is a treasure. Summer of Jordi Perez, funniest YA novel of the year, in my opinion. Um, so I'll skip gushing <laughs> about, like, the regulars, like Amy and Lauren Morrill and maybe try to talk about some new ones so people don't at me on Twitter about talking about the same books again and again. Um, I remember you. I see you. Uh, (laughs) So yes, I'm going to talk about uh, some other things. Um, Like one book I was thinking about recently uh, when you brought up the idea about talking about funny books, and maybe this is sort of falls into the quiet aspect of humor is uh, Learning to Swear in America by Katie Kennedy. Um, the cover of that book is so good. It is so good. And the book is so funny. Um, uh, it's about a teen prodigy who discovers an asteroid is going to destroy the planet. <laughs> um, and every scientist uh, doesn't believe him. And it's so funny because it, it keeps making you think of like those awful sci-fi movies where all the government officials don't believe in the scientist. You know, it's like... You know, Mr. Vice President, you know, the, the world is going to end and, you know, no one believes a scientist, unfortunately. Um, and so the world's get, potentially going to end and mixed into everything um, is a prom and romance and swooning. And it's just this, like, little gem of a book that's super underrated and and very funny. Um, I highly recommend checking it out. Uh, and that cover, yes, super iconic. Uh, my pick well my first pick is the one that i'm reading right now and i hope to finish it um today and it's we regret to inform you by ariel kaplan um so it's a book about what happens when misha who is super overachiever she's at this like elite high school outside of washington dc she's there on scholarship she's there so that she can um be involved in the best groups that she can get the best grade she can in these really tough classes so that she can then realize the dream of going to, you know, the best college. Uh, but when college admissions day comes, poor Misha discovers that she did not get into not just, you know, the Princeton's, the Harvard's, she didn't get into the easiest to get in school that she applied to, um, and now she's wondering what happened. She's totally qualified. There should be no reason. But uh, maybe her transcript's been hacked. And hmm. lo and behold, guess what's happened? Her transcript has been hacked. And so the book follows as she tries to discover what happened and how to save her future. Um, it sounds like one of those books that's horrifying because it's like, what does she do now? Um, and we've seen that storyline in YA, but this is actually, it's it's lighthearted and it's meant to be funny. And uh, Misha herself is just um, just one of those people who appreciates quiet humor and uh, just finds light in what is a fairly terrible situation for her personally. 
uh, and that is We Regret to Inform You by Ariel Kaplan. Let's see, what is next on mine? Um, sorry, I've lost my spot. Oh, uh, okay, so next up on my list is uh, Brooding YA Hero by uh, Carrie Ann DeRosio. Um, actually, it's a different title now that I'm thinking about it. It's like How to, how to Be a Hero. Um, but you know that huge Twitter account, uh, Brooding YA Hero? If you're a YA person, you've probably seen it. Uh, if not, go follow it because it's a hilarious and funny satirical takedown, speaking of YA and satire. Of why main characters. Um, the character often tweets about, you know, the misadventures they're potentially going on or their love interest that they're looking at, and it's, it is so, so funny. Um, and the creator uh, wrote a book in the voice of the Twitter persona, uh, and it's just delightful. Uh, it's the Twitter persona being frustrated that, that uh, the author didn't want to write a book about them. Um, so there's all these, like, very meta sort of things going on in it, and it's just peppered with jokes about YA. Um, has some actual writing advice scattered throughout, which is actually really good. Um, and I think it's like a really fun like belly laugh that you can like inhale uh, in a day, really, um, maybe an hour or two. Uh, and that is uh, Carrie Andy Rocio's uh, brooding YA hero. Uh, yes, check out the Twitter account and check out the book. So I'm going to do that thing that everybody yells at Eric about. Um, oh, no. And talk about some books I've talked about before because I want to. And I'm going to do it like this. Um, so within the funny YA category, I would include two books that I've talked about a number of times, including Here to Stay by Sarah Farrison and I believe in a thing called Love by Maureen Gu. Um, and Maureen's books are very funny, so if you – crack up at uh, I Believe in a Thing Called Love, you'll also love her other two titles. Um, So pick up those two. I've talked about them plenty. I'm not going to talk about them in any more depth. However, I am going to talk about this one in depth, and that is The Lake Effect by Erin McCahan. I've only talked about it on, (laughs) oh, like five episodes. Um, I'm single-handedly making it my mission to ensure that every Hawaii reader reads this book. So here we go. during uh, the summer after his senior year of high school, Briggs, the main character, takes a job helping an older woman who lives in um, a resort community on Lake Michigan in southeast Michigan. And um, one of the things that she likes to do is go to funerals. Like, this is just a hobby she has. And... Um, So Briggs has to go along with her. He's helping her out that summer. And uh, there are... Two very, very, very funny funeral incidents in this book that, like, I should not be laughing out loud about things that happen to this poor kid at a funeral. And yet, and yet. um, Here we are. Yeah, exactly. Um, In addition to, like, being about that, it's also about him figuring out what he wants to do with his life and him sort of falling for this girl who is a difficult girl who has sort of a reputation around town and... um, he begins to fall for her and learns why it is she is quote-unquote difficult. Um, it's a lighthearted love story on that angle and um, also just like a funny, funny read. I mean, laugh out loud. Um, there's a scene, like I don't want to spoil it, but um, let's just say that when they were going to this funeral, Briggs was under the impression that it was a funeral for one of um, – the woman's friends, but uh, the funeral was not for a person. So uh, I'll just leave it at that. Um, <laughs> and that is The Lake Effect by Aaron McCahan. All right. 
Uh, next for me, uh, you know what? I'll do. I'll do the same thing. I'm going to talk do about it. a book I've talked about. So, um, American Panda by Gloria Chow. I've talked about this one plenty, um, but you know, it's one of those rare college HYAs uh, that re- uh, about a teen wrestling with her uh, parents' expectations and what she wants uh, while navigating identity, first love, uh, and it's just it's just so charming and funny and voicey. Um, it is one. Of, it's definitely one of those laugh out loud uh, YA contemporaries. Um, so just you know. Just pick it up. This is Hey YA, sponsored by American Panda and the Lake Effect. Uh, <laughs> Not really. Not really. <laughs> but, but if they want to sponsor us, I can tell you who to talk to. Yes. <laughs> um, I'm going to talk about one I haven't read, but I'm gonna, and I'm going to read the description, but I'm talking about it because I've read a number of reviews about how funny this one is, mm-hmm. and um, I feel it... I feel like maybe if we move away from the ones we always talk about, we can introduce some other ones, and then maybe we'll read those other ones, so then we can then talk about those books over and over again. You see what I'm going for there? I dig this, yes. (laughs) Um, So this one is called Neanderthal Opens the Door to the Universe by Preston Norton, and I believe we did an ad for this one, um, Mm -hmm. which because the title is very, very like familiar in my head, but um, it it came out this year, so this is a Goodreads description. Cliff Hubbard is a huge loser, literally. His nickname at Happy Valley High School is Neanderthal because he's so enormous. He's six foot six and 250 pounds, to be exact. He has nobody at school, and in his life in the trailer park home has gone from bad to worse ever since his older brother's suicide. There's no one Cliff hates more than the nauseatingly cool quarterback, Aaron Zimmerman. Then Aaron returns to school after a near-death experience with a bizarre claim. While he was unconscious, he saw God, who gave him a list of things to do to make Happy Valley High suck less. And God said there's only one person who can help, Neanderthal. To his own surprise, Cliff says he's in. As he and Aaron make their way through the list, which involves a vindictive English teacher, a mysterious computer hacker, a decidedly unchristian cult of Jesus teens, a local local drug dealers, and the meanest bullies at HBHS, Cliff feels like he's part of something for the first time since losing his brother. But fixing a broken school isn't as simple as it seems, and just when Cliff thinks they've completed the list, he realizes their mission to hit... Wow, I can't read that line. He realizes their mission hits closer to home than he ever imagined. And that is Neanderthal Opens the Door to the Universe by Preston Norton. Oh, goodness. It sounds so, so good. Um, as for me, I'm pretty tired, so I'm going to shoot off some rapid-fire link uh, recommendations. Um, in general, I think everyone should be reading Riley Redgate, who I don't think yes. we've really talked about on here. Um, I I, I was going to put um, Noteworthy on yeah. here, but I feel, like, I feel like I've talked about it a couple times. So go ahead. Talk about Riley's books because they're so good. Yeah. So Noteworthy, Seven Ways We Lie. Um, she just had a new book come out. Final Draft. Year, Final Draft. Um, yeah, they're all packed with charm and humor. Um, same with an author like Morgan Matson, uh, whose books are packed full of belly laughs and just really just – I feel like Morgan captures that like – the awkwardness of being a awkward teenager so mm. well, uh, especially with Save the Date. I mean, you look at the cover of that book, and there's that girl knocking over the wedding cake. And I'm like, <laughs> you know what? That That is a mood right there. <laughs> um, I, th- I feel like picking up anything by one of these two is a, is a, a great way to guarantee you're going to be chuckling at stuff. Um, and I've got one last one uh, to share, and that is one that came out this year, uh, My So-Called Bollywood Life by Nisha Sharma. Oh, yeah. It's 
Did you read this one? I did. It's so fun. Yeah, it's fun. And it's, I, I wouldn't necessarily call it like laugh out loud funny, but it's super cheesy and um, over the top in a way that's just like really delightful. Um, follows a girl named Winnie who is following a prophecy given to her by the family psychic. She um, is under the impression that a boy whose name begins with the letter R and who gives her a silver bracelet is meant to be her true love. So with Raj, her longtime boyfriend, um, it felt right until she found out he was seeing another girl. Never good. Mm. So now she's found another boy to spend her time with whose name is Dev, but, you know, he doesn't have those little things that the family psychic said that her true love would have. Uh, it's a book full of high drama, but in the best kind of like high school, ridiculous, lighthearted, over the top, cheesy, like Morgan Matson style yeah. um, drama to it. And um, that is my so-called Bollywood life by Nisha Sharma. And I feel like the title really hints at the sort of like humor to expect in it. Absolutely. Um, and I think I think that's our show for the week. Um, I don't have anything else to talk about except that I'm super excited to like finally blow through some of these books that are sitting here and have been like taunting me. And um, I don't know about you, um, but when I get all these books for a new year and it's like the end of another year, I can't get myself to read 2018 books yet. Um, I, I'm so afraid that I'm going to miss something really great from 2018 <laughs> mm-hmm. that like I need to read everything I can from this year. And then I, then I find myself going, but like there's so many I want to read that are coming out. <laughs> you know? oh, we have weird problems. That's... <laughs> <laughs> You're yawning on the podcast. <laughs> I think on that note, um, we should thank you all for tuning in this week. Um, yes. If you have any feedback about the show, go ahead and leave it on Apple Podcasts. Let's us know how we're doing, and it helps other people find us. Thanks again to today's sponsors for help making the show possible. You can follow me, Kelly Jensen, on Twitter and Instagram as Veronica Kelly Mars, and you can follow Eric Smith on Twitter and Instagram as Eric Smith Rocks. And we will talk to you again in two weeks, which will really be like four weeks from when we've recorded this, <laughs> because the future is amazing like that. So, um, talk to y'all later. Bye.